Ford CEO Jim Farley, um, just being honest, as he was speaking with the Wolf Research Global Auto Conference in New York and saying, look, this relationship that we've had with the UAW that we have taken justiful pride in for decades is broken. And as a result, in looking at the precipitous increase in labor costs our company has had to endure, we're going, we may have to rejigger how we think about where we place the plants of the future, insinuating uh, that putting them elsewhere in North America is on the table uh, because American labor rates are so high. Is that something, is he just kind of making a shot across the bow to try to negotiate some maybe better local deals with the UAW? What does it all mean? Daniel Howes is senior editor and columnist for the Detroit News. And the moment I read this report, I thought of him. Daniel, good morning. Because <laughs> I knew you were thinking deep thoughts on it, uh, deeper than mine. It, w- w- what do you make of this? I mean, he's kind of saying the quiet part out loud, uh, but but from the re- you know based on the reaction, you would have thought that this was surprising to the UAW. It shouldn't be. Uh, no, it shouldn't be surprising. And, and in fact, some Ford executives had already signaled this in some post negotiations briefings on Wall Street, talking about the. Uh, rationalizing their footprint probably going forward. I think it's just to be expected. Uh, and I think the fact that people are surprised that Jim Farley would say this aren't really paying attention. Do you think that you take a record-setting contract and everything else is status quo? I mean, it just doesn't work that way in the real world. And uh, I also don't think that it should come as any surprise that Sean Fain uh, responded to the pop gun that Jim, Har- you know, Jim Farley threw out there with a a howitzer, rhetorically. Um, you know, that's that's kind of, we've come to see that's kind of par for the course. Yeah, let me give you a sample um, of the of the howitzer. He said, quote, maybe Ford doesn't need to move factories to find the cheapest labor on earth. Maybe it needs to recommit to American workers and find a CEO who's interested in the future of this country's auto industry. Yeah, there's clearly some animus between, at least from uh, Sean's part uh, towards uh, uh, Jim Farley. I don't think there's any question about it. I, you know, I, I when I saw that that first reported Jim's comments, I thought, oh boy, here we go. And uh, initially, there wasn't any response from the UAW, but then when there was, it was it came out guns a blazing. Um, I, I I think Jim, I think you put it right. I think he's speaking the quiet part out loud. I may have told you this before, but during the negotiations, uh, I had a, an executive, one of the car companies, say to me, you know, when you drive by the the headquarters of Ford or, or GM or, or Stellantis negotiations and the lights are on late at night, you might think that it's bargaining teams trying to decide what their next move is going to be. He said, actually, it's restructuring teams trying to figure out what these companies are going to look like in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think that's something that that's evocative of what Jim was talking about. Um, all that said, Ford has made it very clear that they have every intention of honoring every commitment that they agreed to in that in that contract. But that doesn't mean that in some of the out years, they aren't going to be looking at potentially coming to reapply some capital. They felt very burned by what happened in the, in the, uh, in the strike in the negotiations, you know, they had touted the fact that they built all their F one fifties in the United States, but their competitors were building some of their full size pickups in Canada and Mexico. Therefore they had a hedge against UAW labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have that edge, and I think that's kind of what he's talking about. 
And I and I think too, Dan, that, that Farley felt a certain kind of way because when it all came down, you know, the the big truck plant was the first to be shut down in the strike. That's right, and that was that was a big deal. Uh, and the, the narrative the narrative around what happened there is, I think, was they were very stung and floored by it. And uh, and you know, they mentioned it about how Kentucky truck was the first time it had ever been taken down, and and uh, they were very stung by it. Uh, Daniel, also, I thought when we were reporting this back during the negotiations, when Bill Ford and Jim Farley went to the union offices to meet and they weren't there, that felt like a sting, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think an additional one was was the uh, the attack on Bill Ford, uh, accusing him of, of uh, threatening to close the Rouge, which he never did. If you go back and look at the, the remarks, he didn't do, he didn't do any such thing. Uh, you know, the Fords have, rightly or wrongly, they have long viewed the relationship with the UAW as a family and as a partnership. And when you have executive or leaders in the union come out and say, we're not family, this isn't a partnership, and oh, by the way, we're not going to be a party to trying to beat the competition uh, where there are other workers involved. These are workers, who, by the way, they want to organize. Yeah. Um, that kind of tells you. There is a change in the relationship, and I think that's the key to this whole discussion. There's a change in the relationship from both sides. Mm-hmm. Ford is acknowledging that there's a change. You know, it's like having a relationship with somebody and you say some really harsh things, and then the other person says, well, now I know how you really think about me. Well, and as, as and, much as Sean Fain wanted to protest, I mean, this, this is allowed under this contract. If they wanted to move a small EV truck to, to Mexico... Fain didn't block that in this contract. Right. right. Yeah. So it, no, you're, I, absolutely, you're absolutely right. But that doesn't really matter. I mean, remember, it doesn't matter because this is a rhetorical battle and it's a symbolic okay. battle. They have a, they got the contract in their pocket. They got four and a half years, right? So the this is just a battle for mind share. This is a battle for uh, a new membership down south. Here you have a president who's who's walking tall and talking tough uh, with Ford Motor Company. And, and, oh, by the way, if you elect us, bring us into your plant, you'll get that, too. We we know that consumers have kind of been left behind in this EV discussion. A lot of them feel like they're they're being force-fed. I also would submit that I think there's a fear that we're going to be forced into smaller vehicles, that as more EVs come online, they're not going to be the larger SUVs that American consumers prefer I noted something in this Ford story that their electric vehicle strategy will be to concentrate on smaller, lower-priced EVs, mostly mm-hmm. things smaller than the Ford Escape. So moving forward, if if I want an Edge, if I want an Explorer, am I going to be able to get one, or is Ford moving out of those larger EVs? It's hard to know at this point. The strategy is changing as we speak. The last six months have been really scary for the car companies, including Tesla. Uh, China's BYD is building in Mexico. Uh, it's it's coming. The changes are, changes are coming, and 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 consumers are not buying uh, the current lineups of this, of uh, EVs, and I think everybody's starting to panic a little bit. And so, and there's also a political dimension to this guy is that I think there's a fear that these EV regs are going But you just went you just went down a hole there, Dan. Oh. oh, I 
hope everything's okay. okay. Was there an open manhole somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, to to to. There we go. There there, go. Okay, we got him back. Yeah, sorry, we lost you there for a moment. The digital uh, black hole there. Uh, you, just finish that thought, if you will. Uh, just that this is going to become a political issue in the presidential campaign, and that um, the EV policies and subsidies are going to be used and wielded by Trump against Biden in battleground states. So I think that's that's a real concern as well. Uh, that the companies are starting to think that there may be some there may be some changes in the offing right. by the administration. You know, pushing deadlines, pushing timelines out farther. Uh, you know, not being appeared that you're requiring people to buy certain kinds of vehicles. Okay, Dan, thanks very much. We should note in, in Sean Fain's uh, statement here, he says maybe Ford doesn't need to move factories to find the cheapest labor on earth. The cheap labor and the cheap companies are already coming. As you point out, BYD has already begun a, a takeover in Europe. This, it's a competitive uh, environment that all these companies are going to need to confront. Yeah, and one of the words that Sean Fain would not countenance during the, con- during the contract talks was competitiveness. Uh, he, he, he said competitiveness is a race to the bottom. Well, you know what? It, 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 not necessarily, uh, but it's coming. Uh, and uh, there's no question about it. And BYD has got everybody shaking in their boots. And they're the ones, by the way, who yeah. are fielding the low-cost EVs with great technology. They have batteries that have less range. They've got great um, infotainment technology and connectivity. Uh, and that's why in China the sales of GM, Ford, Volkswagen, Toyota are collapsing. Yeah. Because the Chinese consumers are going to those products. It, it's a big flashing red light. Um, Daniel, thanks so much uh, for being available. We appreciate it. You bet. All right. Take care. Yeah, I mean, you can you can win a big battle, which is what Sean Fain did, but you lose the war if you lose the jobs. I think the relationships have changed in all the <sighs> yeah. automakers, not yeah. just for <laughs> That was a really important <laughs> yes. takeaway from Daniel's interview. Uh, when we come back, it is a weekend. What do you guys say about going to the movies? Let's find out what uh, what might be at the multiplex worth our attention and our money. We will do that next on JR Morning at 749.